Hello, you're listening to Rosie and Jessica's Day of Fun, episode 52, Anarchy and Potatoes. Enjoy the show! I'm Rosie. I'm Jessica. And you're listening to Rosie, Rosie and Jessica's, Jessica's Day of Fun. Fun. Hello. Hello. Episode 52. You start with episode one this week. Keep going. We'll see you in 2016. Or you could go backwards. That We'll see them in 2016. What? Uh, we... Now, last week when I said <laughs> that you could listen to one a week for a year, you were unimpressed by this fact. But oh, now you're doing your own thing. You're meeting everyone in 2016. I didn't get the invite to 2016. What's this party you're throwing? I like it and I'm claiming it as my own. This is a bit much. I've given up watching Bones. Oh dear. Almost immediately after we recorded, I thought, I will one day die. And I do not want to die having watched this program that I have disliked to the extent of broadcasting about how much I dislike it. So I took it off my DVR and I deleted all the episodes and instead I'm going to watch two episodes of Cheers a day. Amazing. I have actually done more things since last we recorded because I finished my essays. I handed those in. I've also watched a film every day for the last 15 days. I thought I'd try and watch a film every day in March. That's very efficient. I'm desperately trying to cut down my Netflix queue. It's not going very well. Like Their, their choice of films is decent but not astonishing. But their choice of TV shows is quite good. Um, and they keep adding more. Like Third Rock from the Sun, which was very weird because John Lithgow had been in my dream that night and I woke up and Third Rock from the Sun was on Netflix. How prescient. The other day, somebody asked me when they were going to make a Frozen sequel. And literally the next morning I woke up and everyone's like, yay, Frozen sequel! But yeah, I've just added Third Rock from the Sun and that 70s show and Grounded for Life. Don't watch that 70s show, Jessica. I quite like that 70s show. Sometimes you say things that make me think you have no taste. Is that too blunt? <laughs> Is that too harsh? Yes. Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, Rosie's top five films, episode one. Number five, Crank. I've been thinking about this at least every other day for the last few weeks. Um, I have been through a lot of experiences since then. <laughs> that I've learned about myself as a person and the main thing I've learned is that Crank is not one of the top five films <laughs> uh, and it's taken you three years to realise no it's taken me at least two years and nine months to realise that I would like my do-over every 50 episodes you get one do-over of a top five and I would like to redo top five films had I even seen Moonrise Kingdom at this point what I'm trying to say to you Jessica is that I have watched 15 films in 15 days and they were of mixed quality. <laughs> Thanks for asking. So what I saw was... <laughs> I just, you know, well... That about sums up life, really. Mixed quality. Sometimes it, life is a documentary about Pixar. Sometimes it's a Martin Scorsese film where a lot of people get shot in the face. That was Saturday. No, I apologise. That was Friday. I had a frozen sweet and sour chicken meal. And this is how you remember what day it is by what what you had for dinner. Pretty much. That's That's fair. There are worse ways to do it. What, like tattooing it on your arm? Yeah, well, you'd, you'd run out of space eventually. I've not had a lot on. I finished my essay, I've bought a onesie, I went to see Arthur Darville in Treasure Island. How was that? How was uh, Treasure Island? You know, it's very difficult for me to review the play, because I went for one reason and one reason alone, and yeah. I think that that is conveyed in the way I described my trip. Arthur Darville was brilliant. Uh, I... It... it uh, <laughs> 
did right according to Tara's Twitter feed, which basically you you two had tweeted the same thing all afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There were exploding parrots. Would you like to elaborate on this? Yes, for the listeners at home. Now, Captain Flint, the parrot, not the dead parrot captain, was an animatronic parrot. But the way they did him flying about the auditorium because it was yep. technically a children's show was that they would occasionally have these sort of puffs of feathers and it would have been where he'd just sort of flown to or from right so it begins and three minutes into this play i remember the existence of the film muppet treasure island and i'm unable to take anything seriously for the next two hours pew turns up disappointingly not french nobody shouts i think the little girl must have it although jim was a girl so it would have been more accurate do they have a principal boy Yes, because otherwise there are no women in Treasure Island. In the interval, I said, I didn't make, I did make that noise. I probably made worse noises. You definitely made that noise. Blimey. Imagine if he has a costume change and then said, why would he have a costume change? They've just landed on the island. When would he have changed his costume? He had not only changed his costume, he had gained braided hair and guy liner. Arthur Darville, not the parrot. All of the Muppets manage a costume change in the middle of a fight sequence, so I don't know why it would seem unlikely that he might have some like kit with him. As a whole, the play had a bit of a problem, which was it was technically the Christmas family show. It's just gone a long time. Right. And so part of it, like the supporting pirate players were a bit in the Dead Tom's Always Been Dead, Clueless Morgan, pantomime school of character naming and acting. And then the other characters were kind of in a bit more of a dark drama. Like at one point, what's his name? Kermit. Smollett. Captain Smollett. Captain Smollett. He was talking, and then suddenly he sort of went, Bleh! and ripped open his waistcoat, and there were loads of fake guts hanging out. And I still, to this day, six days later, can't work out how his character was meant to have died. But then he sort of had this long, drawn-out thing with his guts just flipping all over the place. And then somebody else got hit with a ninja-throwing star mid-sentence. Oh, they would be the ones that um, Gonzo had down his trousers. Oh, Yes. When he's off to Zanzibar to meet the Zanzibarbarians. And they're exploding wigs of death. So it was kind of knee-slapping, stupid pirates, but then also tragic and poignant violent deaths. (laughs) And I don't know which bit was meant to be festive. (laughs) But, you know, it was good fun. Also, we were in the front row, which was tremendous when... Of course you were. Arthur Darville sat down to show us the stars, and we were... You know, if I'd wanted to touch him and be escorted from the theatre, I could have done. (laughs) And then it was on the Nationals' revolve. So there was a bit where it all came up because they went into a cave system. And he and Jim were standing on top of it and we couldn't see them. During which there was a kiss. I was reclining so far, my, you know, my feet were above my heart. It would have been fine if I'd sustained an injury. I couldn't (laughs) see what was going on. I could just hear a kiss noise was it mutual was it did he you know there was a lot of subtext going on in their relationship because she was a sort of young lady and he was a saucy sex pot to put it mildly i don't think that was in the script right yes this is this is not the treasure island i was familiar with no tim curry didn't even do that no upstate lads this is my only number no snogging so don't know what was going on with that and i'm livid I would have asked for my money back, but I don't even think I've even paid Tara for the ticket, let alone the National Theatre. had a great time. Which is not necessarily for reasons of artistic merit. Oh, what's that? I mentioned having a onesie. Yeah, totally own a stitch onesie now. <laughs> yeah, you did. Onesies. I'm not in favour of a plain print onesie, but an animal onesie is totally acceptable because then you're in a kind of costume. Kigu's absolutely fine. 
having owned one for less than 24 hours, I was already considering buying another. Because not only are you cosy, you are also adorable. This is true. And I want to be cosy and adorable all the time. I have a really cool new jumper. It has a picture of an owl wearing glasses and also a bobble hat. And underneath it says, Owlsome. Because it's an Owlsome jumper. And which department did you buy this from, Jessica? You look kids section. Mm. In the sale. Oh. Cost me six pounds. That's because you don't have to pay VAT <laughs> on children's clothes. I know, it's amazing. This is a bargain. It was aged 14 to 15. I don't think I'm any taller now than I was then. i tell you what I have done this week. Oh, I think I've done the same. Uh, I don't think you have. Oh. <laughs> have you spent 70 hours at work? I've not spent 70 hours at work this financial year. Well, let me tell you. Don't recommend it. That's it. That's my explanation for why I haven't done anything. Except the one thing I have done. Which I have done. Which you have done. Is is it over now? It's over now. It must have been work. Okay. D- do you want to talk to someone about that? No, I'm fine. I'm good. Okay. Yeah, fine. Because, I mean, you could say that the story that goes, yeah, I spent 70 hours at work and then I just bought myself some like children's clothing in the sale. Is it a story for worry? Well, not really. That that like project is done, so... Hey! Hey, Jessica, I'll tell you what I did this week, which you did this week, because we did it for the show. Yes, we did. <laughs> I mean, I'd have done it anyway. Yes. Well, this week we have, along with many, many thousands of people, uh, no doubt, across the globe, watched Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt on Netflix. Unbreakable. They alive, damn it. It's a miracle. I enjoyed it a lot. I'm just going to go straight in with that. Oh, I would just go straight in with the theme tune being possibly the best TV theme tune FCs. I mean, we will, will we have to rewrite our top five theme tunes? No, I wasted my do-over on Crank. I mean, I think that's a worthy cause. He sticks his hand in a waffle iron so he doesn't die. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt is the new Netflix sitcom that was originally passed by NBC but is produced by Tina Fey and Robert Carlock of 30 Rock fame. And it stars Ellie Kemper as a woman who was kept in a bunker by a man who was claiming to run a doomsday cult, but actually he just kidnapped women. Uh, it's a comedy, despite that premise, and she moves to New York to make a go of it. Now she no longer lives in a bunker. So she lives in a basement instead. So we thought we would give you our thoughts, our feelings, our review, if you will, on Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Jessica, what did you think of it? Um, I really enjoyed it. I watched it um, in about four days. Um, there are only 13 episodes and they are sitcom length. So uh, slightly over, actually, because, as we mentioned, it was re- originally written uh, for NBC. So when Netflix picked it up, they were able to put some of the gags back in. Um, it has a lot of gags. It has. What I like about it is it's pretty weird. Yes, There'll it be is. moments where it's just kind of like a normal sitcom and then they'll just do a musical number. Or have somebody riding a very short horse. <laughs> that was funny. I really like it. I, I had obviously high hopes because I'm a very big fan of 30 Rock. And I like a lot of the actors in it. Yep, it's a really good cast. A lot of whom I, wo- I didn't know were going to be in it. Um, so they kind of, himself and somebody turns up and they go, oh, it's them. Yeah, I would kind of describe it as, it's obviously very 30 Rock-like with Tina Fey. But it's yeah. kind of 30 Rock with a lot of the stuff I love about Parks and Recreation mixed in because it has the kind of positive outlook and um, 
not not undercurrent, overcurrent of feminism, just going yes. through it. So Kimmy Schmidt is very positive and upbeat and lovely in a kind of Leslie Nopish way. You know, it's not often you get a major television program. I mean, although it's on Netflix, I think it's been pretty successful. I've, I've not seen anything negative written about it. One of the lines of the theme tune says, Females are strong as hell. Such a catchy theme tune. Oh, it's really good. I watched it uh, slightly slower than Jessica. So I watched a couple of episodes the first weekend and I only finished it this morning. I listened to the theme tune maybe eight or nine times the first day. Just found it on YouTube. Just kept watching yep, it. on a loop. I'm going to put it as my ringtone. I didn't need to do that because it was stuck in my head so it's going around in a sort of mental jukebox. I have just been wandering around my house shouting Unbreakable at like microwaves and things. <laughs> Texting a lot of people a lot of block capital lyrics. Yes, I was one of those people and I have received those texts. You lucky thing. I'm a big fan of Titus Burgess as Titus Andromedon. Yeah, he can pretty much do anything. That man has a singing voice. Yes, he does. You sent me a message yesterday uh, about him singing Let It Go, I, which I vaguely remembered and I had to go and find the episode where he, he does it. He's trying to impress a... Theatre impresario. And just just breaks out into song in the middle of it by interrupting somebody else's conversation. I like Jane Krakowski. I always try and call her Jane Krasinski because that's John Krasinski who is Jim from The Office. Yeah, Jane Krakowski um, is, is excellent in this. Watching her have a breakdown over packing her suitcases is one of the finest things I've seen on television. I like that she's playing a character that's fairly similar to Jenna Maroney from 30 Rock, but not exactly the same, because I was a bit worried that she was just doing the same thing again. It's actually pretty different, and she's really, really funny. And also, the stepdaughter character looks so much like Lord, the pop singer. Oh yeah, she does. Less wide-eyed. Not wide-eyed like an ingenue, like her eyes are wide on her head. Yes, Yes, I understand what you mean. I just really thoroughly recommend it. And 13 episodes at, say, 25 minutes. That's an afternoon. You can get Netflix on a monthly free trial. You'd watch that and then watch that 70s show with Jessica for the rest of your free month. (laughs) It's a date. Let's do it. Did you know that at one point, Thursday nights on NBC, you could watch The Office, Parks and Recreation, Community and 30 Rock? That was the four half-hour lineup and now NBC are like no no we've got give it to Netflix we don't even want comedy we just made friends in Seinfeld in the past what are these my laurels Mm, I'll just have a rest (laughs) I think that could prove to be a mistake for NBC because it seems to have been really popular already commissioned for a second season and I can see why I definitely want to know more there was a um, a brief moment towards the finale where I thought it's not going to be a cliffhanger is it I don't know if I can take that I like that it's actually surprisingly plot-heavy for the half-hour sitcom format. And they, they do well at having each each episode as a kind of, um, you know, there's a contained plot within that. Mm. But um, the, the consistent plot of what Kimmy is doing since she left the bunker and uh, what is happening to her and the, the other girls that were there as a result of it continues throughout. So all in all, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt comes with the day of fun. Four thumbs up! An enthusiastic four thumbs up. Jessica, do you have a song? I do have a song. Uh, my song is uh... the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt theme. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Um, is Thunder Road by Bruce Springsteen. I mean, we laugh, but my song really nearly was the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt theme tune. Tell me more about Bruce Springsteen. Springsteen. Oh yeah, I was going to do a fact about people. He's from um... 
Is he from Philadelphia? This is a great yeah, that's game. That's why I just said he's from Philadelphia. This is a brilliant game called Try and Remember Facts About Famous Americans. <laughs> no, he's from New Jersey. You know what? I nearly said New Jersey, and I was like, no, wait, that's Bon Jovi. <laughs> it's because he sings Streets of Philadelphia that I always get get confused. He's 65 years old. His genres are rock, heartland rock, folk rock, roots rock, and Jersey Shore sound. That's disappointing that Jersey Shore doesn't have its own brand of rock. Well, what would that be like, though? Um, What's the Thunder Road when it's at home? I have no idea. Well, I'm guessing it's a road called Thunder Road that maybe he like lived on or something. I don't know. Lyrical themes. Let's go. Let's not look up lyrical themes. I thought we were going to do facts, not critical analysis. Uh, Bruce Frederick Joseph Springsteen was born 23rd of September 1949. There's an American singer-songwriter, guitarist, and humanitarian. And I think that that is why he would want us to remember him in our musical segment. <laughs> Next week I'm going to ask you if you have a humanitarian and throw you off. Top fives! Top fives. This week we were, as I'm sure many listeners were, saddened to hear about the passing of Sir Terry Pratchett, a writer of many of our favourite books. So we thought this would be a good opportunity to talk about how much we love his books and his characters, and we thought we'd do the top five Terry Pratchett characters, suggested by friend of the show, our dad. So for those of you not familiar with Terry Pratchett's work, he has written the Discworld series, which is at least 30 books, all set on the disc, which is a planet on the back of four elephants riding on a space turtle. Giant space turtle. Oh, yeah, this isn't... a four normal-sized elephants on the back of a normal-sized turtle. Or even four elephants on an elephant proportionate-sized turtle. It's huge. They're massive. He has also written uh, some other ones, which I briefly touch on. Um, yeah, I've got a couple. Okay. A lot of great characters. Memorable, interestingly named. A lot of great characters. I, this Honourable mentions is going to basically be a reeled-off roll call, I think. Yes, that's, that's what I thought. I think I've got my top five, and then Honourable mentions is just basically... Basically, go to the L Space wiki and um, yeah, there you go. Number one. Number one. Well, this is I have to have, which is Gerda from Truckers, Diggers, and Wings. This is a series of children's books he wrote ages ago, and they were the first Pratchett books I read, and I love them very much. They're a big part of my childhood. It's about a group of gnomes who live in a department store, and this is all they've ever known, and then a group of gnomes come from outside. And they convince them all to go outside and the adventures they have. And my favourite character is Gerda, who is kind of like a monk gnome. I don't remember all the details because it's been a very long time since I read them. I think he's quite pudgy. I may have identified with him as a child. (laughs) There's a series of three books. And at the end, um, without wishing to give too much away, Gerda goes off on a different adventure to quite a lot of the other characters. And I was very upset by this because I have an almost pathological need for characters to be kept together forever. This led to uh, our dad emailing Terry Pratchett on my behalf to ask if, if there would be more stories about what happened to Gerda. And he emailed back to say that these would be stories for an, another story for another day with a smiley face, you know, a smiley in emoticon, which was the first ever smiley I had ever been sent. So my first ever smiley was sent to me by Terry Pratchett. That's a good story. So that's been a lovely story to share with my friends this week. There have been a lot of nice stories, uh, sort of wandering around Twitter of, of people saying that they'd met him or contacted him in some way and and how nice he was. Yes. Uh, number two, from the nice story to uh, number two, Otto Shriek, 
the vampire <laughs> character I had a weird crush on as a teenager. I'd watched a lot of Buffy, okay? Ah, uh, it all becomes clear. I wondered about that. About why I liked Otto Shriek so much. Yeah, I mean, he's very funny. Every time he takes a picture, the flash on his camera causes him to disintegrate into ash. He wears a, he wears a vial of his own blood? I think so. Somebody else's blood? Round his, round his neck, so when he turns to ash, the, the glass vial hits the ground, smashes, and he's immediately reconstituted. Yes, and he's the photographer. He first appears in The Truth, I believe. That's a very good book. Number three, Lord Vetinari. I think I'd quite like to be Lord Vetinari. Yeah, I think you'd quite like to be Lord Vetinari as well. But I... That's not going to happen. But he gets stuff done. He does. He is um, the patrician of Ankh-Morpork, which is the one of the capital cities. Also an assassin. I'd like to stress I don't do that anymore. Number four. Number four. Now, hmm, I couldn't choose, so I put two. Okay. I put Nanny Og and Granny Weatherwax. Okay. These are the witches, or two of the discs witches. Nanny Og is sort of like an anarchic potato, <laughs> and she likes to drink, and she wears stripy stockings, and she smokes cheroots. And then Granny Weatherwax is quite austere. She gets stuff done. They are two-thirds of a coven they go through a couple of maids because the thing with maids is they sometimes stop being maids and they get married so they originally hang out with magrat and then uh, agnes knit turns up but i like them very much and nanny Og has her own cookbook oh i'd forgotten the cookbook that's so good banana surprise nanny Og knew how to start spelling banana but did not know how you stopped i'm sorry i think you mean banana nanana surprise so nanny Og and granny weatherwax and number five this was a panic but the duck man, because he wanders around with a duck on his head, <laughs> and if you ask him, why do you have a duck on your head, he says, what duck? And apart from that, is completely sane. He hangs out with foul old Ron. Foul old Ron. Millennium Hand and Trimp. So that's my top five, which I very much enjoyed putting together, because it reminded me of many great things that I have read in the past. Mine are in no particular order. Number one, Granny Weatherwax, and also Nanny Og. <laughs> Um, originally I'd written Granny Weatherwax as number one and then I was going to have Nanny Og as an honourable mention I thought no she has to go in with so they come as a pair I think they do and and I mean they, they literally usually turn up as a pair they first we first meet them in Weird Sisters which is the first one in their sort of uh, incarnation as the, the coveners we usually meet them and uh, that was the first book I read the first Discworld book you read yeah yeah not ever I just I made it to about 12 and thought I think I'm going to learn to read now's the time to take up books yeah so I I always sort of held on to the witches as my favourites then I kind of I think I changed my mind um, and I started reading the City Watch ones I didn't read them in order of when they were published I read all the witches ones I think then I read all the City Watch ones and all the Ankh-Morpork ones and stuff like that Um, I think the City Watch are probably my favourite now well there are a lot more of those there are a lot more of those having said that Masquerade is brilliant number two Commander Vimes, Commander Samuel Vimes, Duke of Ant-Morpork. He's a recovering alcoholic who is in charge of the City Watch. He's not that thrilled to be the Duke of Ant-Morpork, but he got the title when he got married. And he's just a good policeman. And there is so much more to say about him. None of watch I can... None of watch. None of watch. Didn't even mean that one. I like his commitment to breakfast foods. He likes the burnt crunchy bits. Yes, he has a strong commitment to breakfast foods. 
and he wears really cheap boots because then you can feel where you are in the city through the soles of your shoes. If you have proper boots on, then they're basically they're too decent and you, you can't recognise it by your feet. So he likes ones that are kind of the consistency of cardboard because then you can wander the, wander the city in the dark and always find your way home. He occasionally does the wrong thing for the right reason, if that makes sense. He, he walks the line of the law. He upholds it at all times, but occasionally with his own methods. I just had to check you were still there. I'm really sorry. I'm drawing ducks. Oh, God, you are. <laughs> I wanted to see if I could draw a duck without a photo reference. I'm so sorry. Please continue. Number three is death. He's, uh, he's cool. And I've written that in block capitals. Yes. Because that's how he speaks. Uh, you don't hear death's voice so much. It just sort of arrives in your head. Always in block capitals. And he appears in m- most books, I think. Yes, because he's an anthropomorphic personification he he turns up across the disc to uh, usher people from one life to the next except briefly when he took a sabbatical and became a short order cook but that's that's another story for another day <laughs> uh number four is a uh, moist von Lipvig. that's surprisingly tricky to say mm. um who first turned up in going postal as um a criminal who is given another chance although sometimes he wonders if it was worth it in that the the second chance he was given by lord Fetinari who we've previously discussed, was to be in charge of the entire post office and make it work again and deal with the giant backlog of letters that never got sent. Um, and it's all, it's very excellent. And he has a suit entirely made of gold. Not literally, it's just a gold suit. Number five uh, is the only one uh, on my list which is not from the disc, um, and that that's Masculine, who is from Truckers, Diggers and Wings, the Bromeliad trilogy, as it's also known. And Masklin is the leader of the little band of gnomes that um, come in from the outside. He gets the job done. He leads them all to freedom, but not in a... He's the, he's the leader because someone has to be. But he does it very well. Honourable mentions? Honourable mentions. Honourable mentions. Well, I'd like to highlight Nobby Nobson from yes. the City Watch, who has to have a signed bit of paper to verify he's human. He does, yes. Also from the Watch, Red Shoe. Red Shoe is a zombie. Oh, I like Red Shoe. He appears um, in the book Night Watch, uh, which is where we find out how he originally died. Yes, he's he's turned up before then. But Night Watch takes place. There's a time travel element, though. Yeah, wibbly wobbly, etc. It's very moving because he is a revolutionary and he gets shot down. But his revolutionary spirit means he just doesn't really acknowledge the fact that he's died. He just gets up and keeps fighting. I like that very much. And he now he now right, fights further, writes to the undead. Yes. Well, I'll stick with the watch for the moment. So I have um, Captain Carrot. Mm-hmm. Um, Captain Carrot Iron Founderson, who is um, a dwarf, uh, despite being about six foot four. He's basically Will Ferrell in Elf, but with dwarves. What happened is his parents were killed in a train crash. He's found by uh, the King of the Dwarves uh, and his wife, and they adopt him. And when he starts bumping his head on the ceiling of the of the uh, of the mines, they feel that they should probably explain that he's not he's not one of them. And he decides to go to the big city and uh, have an adventure and becomes a policeman and he is simple but he's not stupid there's an element of the um, Constable Benton phrases about him as well I would also like to give props that's a thing to the librarian at Unseen University yeah I have the librarian here as well who is not a monkey he's an orangutan and he used to be a human but he got turned into an orangutan and didn't, didn't wish to be turned back so he just yeah. says ook and this is why you should always give librarians bananas I like the death of rats He's like death, death rats, but for rats. Yeah. And I don't remember any of the things that he does, but I, I just really like the character name of Gaspo to the Wonder Dog. 
I have Gaspo the Wonder Dog here. He hangs out with Fowler Ron, um, and then by uh, by extension the Duck Man, um, under the bridge uh, that that crosses the Ankh. Uh, they hang out with several other outcasts, um, one of whom has a personality disorder, a multiple personality disorder actually, and they have uh, a number of personalities which the others are willing to put up with on the grounds that they might be mildly annoying, but as long as Burke never turns up again. <laughs> Burke was there for four hours one afternoon and was so awful that they are willing to deal with the with the others who are uh, just mild irritation. But yeah, Gaspode the Wonder Dog hangs out by the university and as a results can talk. I think that's how yep. he got his talking. Uh, kind of like uh, the amazing Morris. I've got Susan Stohalet, who is Death's granddaughter and a primary school teacher. Um, and she has to then fill in for him that time he took a sabbatical to become a short order cook. And I have Adorable Deerheart, also known as Spike, who turns up in Going Postal and all the other Moistful Lip Fig books. I have Polly Oliver from uh, Monstrous Regiment, who goes into battle disguised as a boy to look for her brother. I have Cut Me Own Throat Dibbler, who is a street vendor in Ankh-Morpork and turns up in, in basically all of the Ankh-Morpork books. Um, and they're also in books that take place in other parts of the disc. They have an equivalent of Cut Me Own Throat Dibbler, who um, is usually named something appropriate to the, to the region. Because um, regions of the disc reflect different regions of, our world, of, the, of the round world. And I also have, I think the last person on my list is Grebo, who is Nanny Og's cat. And he's just a really angry, feral old cat that lives with Nanny Og. He's got one eye and like half an ear or something. I really like Magrat. I really like Magrat. And I really like Agnes. Perdita X Knit. She doesn't know what the X stands for. Her name is Agnes Knit. She she adopts the, the name Perdita um, and her, she makes her middle name X, but I don't think the X ever actually stands for anything. It just makes her seem mysterious. There are so many like honourable mentions that we could have. Those are just kind of the ones that came to mind first. Basically, Terry Pratchett didn't write a bad character. No matter how small, they had a great name and a great feature. And Even yes. if they just turned up for one line, they were excellent. So, he's much missed. Yeah. Uh, I woke up that morning and Twitter was... You know how sometimes Twitter's just grouchy? Yeah. And it's just people being people whinging about stuff and bad people doing stupid things mm-hmm. and then something actually bad happened and twitter was a really lovely place yeah with it was just really nice people just being nice about everything my facebook cool. feed was just full of people not even just saying r.i.p but everyone was just posting up their favorite quotes and nice stories and it was really good shall i do my song oh yes the farmer's bride by jemima fairy I had it on Folkcast, the February 2015 Folkcast, which is a monthly podcast of folk music. And I'm afraid it's listed as unreleased, but if you download that, it's the third song on, and it's really nice. Yeah, it's a nice little folk song. So, that's my song. Needland Fed! Do you want a snack? Oh, I do apologise. Every week. I don't know if I've had this one before, and I maybe have, but um, cupcakes. Yay! Needland Fed! Need a lamp bed. So Jessica, cupcakes, tell me more. I made cupcakes. Yay! <laughs> they were um, vanilla and blackberry. Oh! They... <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed that. Uh, they were just um, normal vanilla cupcake sponge. I used the Ms. Cupcake recipe for Victoria sponge, actually not the one for the... just vanilla cupcakes, mm-hmm. because it's a slightly simpler recipe and... Yeah, that's basically it. Um, so I baked those um, and then I cut the top off them like you would do for butterfly cakes. Yes. 
didn't cut it in half, obviously. Put a blob of blackberry jam in each one of them, put the lid back on. Then I uh, just mixed up some normal buttercream. I make a slightly lighter buttercream because it's not just, um, well, it's not butter, it's margarine. And it's not just margarine and icing sugar. I kind of get it started with that. And then I add in turn a bit of soy milk, a bit more icing sugar, a bit of soy milk, a bit more icing sugar. And it makes a really light cream, mm. um, which is nice. And just whisk it really well in the KitchenAid. And I um, have piping bags, which you can put two different colours in. Oh, yes. Like, I mean, in theory, you can do that in a normal piping bag, but it ha- it ke- keeps them completely separate. Separate? Separated. Um, like stripy toothpaste, because it has an extra layer. It's got three layers of plastic, and they're just like the disposable ones that you kind of cut the end off and bin them. So I did just um, plain, no, like uncoloured buttercream on one side, and then I, I tried to make purple to show that they were blackberries, it just it was pink yeah that's fine and i try to do also a stripe of the jam outside of the pink side of the piping bag but what because i hadn't used them before what you need to do is i think put a little bit in one side a little bit in the other Uh a little bit in one side a little bit in the other because what i did was i mixed up the buttercream so i took out half that was uncolored put it in the piping bag but then of course you've expanded the piping bag so you then can't get the second half in very easily so when I put the stripe of jam in, when I then went to put in the, the pink icing, it kind of smushed it all to the bottom. So um, I just kind of squeezed some of it out because it was n- like there was no pink. It was just buttercream and jam. But that was fine. But yeah, it was really good. And I put some little coloured sugar stars on the top and then I took them to work and we all ate them. Delicious. I too have baked cake. What did you bake? I just baked chocolate cake. And I think it may be the first time I have ever just baked chocolate cake. Not in my life, but you know, but independently. The standard chocolate cake, Victoria Sponge, take out some flour, put in a bit of cocoa, chocolate buttercream, and then chocolate buttons on top. Because I saw a photo of myself, aged about three, eating a slice of cake covered in chocolate buttons with it all smeared across my face. And I thought, I wish to be that child again. <laughs> I will make this cake. And I was very pleased with it. My only problem at the moment, and I say this is a problem, is that I live alone, as I've said. You get at least ten slices. You get ten slice. You get eight slices from a cake, <laughs> and that means that I have to really, you have to keep eating that cake if you want it to get all eaten before it goes bad, goes dry. I mean, you can revive cake. So yeah, I had to feed some to f- a friend to our mum. Ah, nightmare. But I think I might bake another cake today because that How cake is nearly on the way out, and I have my Sainsbury's Basics twenty five p lemon curd that I'm very interested to investigate. How can you not buy a jar of lemon curd when it's twenty five p? Let me know how that pans out for you. And what's great is, if you think about how much food prices have risen in the last five years, how much would that have been in 2010? You know what What you don't want to think about? How much do you pay for just one lemon? And with this, you get a free jar. And it's much cheaper than lemon sif, so I clean the bathroom with it as well. I did another pulled pork as well. Having gone to see Treasure Island, I then went to a party where I drank three cups of tea and some people drank Sambuca out of egg cups. I then got home. Wow. I thought, oh no, I'm going to miss my last train. I had plenty of trains to get, so I just said, it. Oh, I'm going to go now, thanks for all the tea. Went and got my train, got in just after midnight, thought, oh, I was going to put pulled pork on, but I might just go, no, I still put pulled pork on. So at half past midnight, I was just whipping up a little sauce, ketchup, tomato paste, sugar, cumin, pepper, plonked and frankly enormous pork shoulder. That pork had been pig had been bloody lifting weights um, in the slow cooker put it on cup of tea bedtime when I woke up 
at nine o'clock the next morning, hey, it was Sunday, we're all out of lion, that my Sunday lunch had already been cooking for eight hours, and I didn't eat till one thirty. so it just, ugh. It that was great. Good work. And How I was lying you? there in bed thinking, I'm technically cooking my lunch right now. That was great. <laughs> um, so yes, I pulled some pork, I made a chocolate cake, I'm going to make some soup this evening. Cool. That's my needle and fed. I have nothing creative on the go. I'm so sorry I failed us all. I've done no more of the tea cosy. I'm sorry, I didn't introduce that properly. Tea cosy update. I've done nothing more of the tea cosy. Okay. What have we seen this week? What, what have, have we seen, seen this week? week? Oh. Hey. We've mainly seen Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, so that that's, is what... That's what I have written on my list. Oh, me too. Except I've written Ux. Oh, I've written that. Check us out. Twinsies. Mentally. Not really. Because, you know, I'm, like, older. Anyway. I also saw in the National Theatre bookshop the Colour Me Good Tom Hiddleston colouring book. Well, I mean, why why not? Exactly. And what I like about it... Why on earth not? ...is that almost all of the pictures encourage you to draw yourself into it. So there'll be, like, the outline <laughs> of Tom Hiddleston, like, taking a, a selfie. And I'll be like, hey, Tom's taking a selfie. It looks like you've... He's not, not missed you out of the picture. Draw yourself in. It's like, hey... Photobomb this illustration of Tom Hiddleston taking a selfie. Tom Hiddleston is laughing and pointing here. Draw yourself cheering him up by doing a funny routine. There's one we have to put clown makeup on him. Um, there's one where he's not wearing a shirt. And it says, draw a shirt on him. Or don't. Yes. There's also a Bendit cover batch one, but I did not open that because I did not approve. You can buy yourself a Tom Hiddleston colouring book. Or you can buy me a Tom Hiddleston... Anyone. Great times. That's what I've seen. And I've read a lot of articles about Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. And this is a thing that clearly the internet has got out of control. Because obviously time was, if a television programme was coming out and was to be reviewed, you would get one article about it in the paper. I have read at least, at least, five separate articles on The Guardian about Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. (laughs) It's absurd. There was one review, there was one kind of... It's a miracle. Unbreakable. Damn it. So, colouring books and binge-watching television. Cool. Um, One thing I have seen this week is a very interesting documentary that Reginald D. Hunter made for the BBC about southern music. I have it saved and ready to watch. Uh, Three episodes on the iPlayer now. Uh, It is Reginald D. Hunter's Songs of the South. Excellent. Good. I, I look forward to watching that. I've also been re-watching Mary Berry Cooks. They showed on Saturday mornings. What a treat. Yeah, they do. I downloaded it to my phone and then I can watch it on the train. Technology is so clever. Like We live in the future. I can watch TV on the train, like with my telephone. Like the primary function of this item is to call people. Underground. Overground. Wombling free. I could really do with another series of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt coming out now, frankly. But that won't be there for us to talk about next week. Something else surely will. Episode 53, there's nothing interesting about that. I mean, the show will be interesting. What I'm saying is we did like 50, then we did birthday, then we've done week. We'll think of a theme. Or we won't. Have to just do like a normal episode. All right. Goodbye, dear listener. Thank you for coming back. I'm off to pack a suitcase. Can you fold pants? Road trip! To find out more, you can read show notes to this and all of our episodes at our website, rosieandjessica.co.uk. You can email us at say hello to rosieandjessica at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at the Day of Fun Show. Don't forget that you can subscribe, leave reviews, and listen to all of our previous episodes on iTunes. We'll see you soon.